Majora's Mask, Chapter 3, Clock Town The townsfolk in the main plaza of South Clock Town never paid the clock tower doors much attention. Their colorful red markings curved around two half-shaded cyan circles that might be eyes. Eyes that like to... stare. And aside from the unsettling, face-like quality of the artwork, no one ever used the doors. Because whenever they opened, nothing good came of it. As long as anyone alive could remember, the first visitor had been the only peaceful one. An old man had stumbled into the sunlight and laid down on the pavement, a huge smile on his face. He died right there before anyone could do anything about it. The worst time, everyone agreed, was when the Skull Kid came. While at first he seemed to be a playful child, they'd quickly realized the extent of his corruption. And now, oddly enough, another child stumbled out of the doors. This was no human or Skull Kid, but a Deku Scrub. Fresh cuts were open along his arms and face, and a cloud of dust surrounded him. He stumbled into the bright sunlight, large orange eyes squinted at the sky. A glowing orb with a pair of white wings fluttered out beside him. A fairy. A group of construction workers in the center of the plaza looked up from their work. A flying adult Deku scrub glanced over the massive burlap sacks in his arms. A lanky man in a white jogging suit, mailbag slung over his shoulder, turned his head. A small child, bearing a peculiar fox mask framed by purple hair, looked up as he ran from a nearby alleyway. All their eyes found the young Deku scrub, and he only stood there, eyes half-closed. The clock tower doors creaked shut behind them. Where are we? asked Link, completely dazed. What? asked Tattle. Before he repeated himself, he remembered he couldn't speak. He squeaked out the sentence without realizing it. This new place, the sounds, the people, the buildings, all had distracted him. Link shook his head rather than persisting, as his pupils finally adjusted. Yeah, you're still a useless Deku scrub, don't forget. That can open doors, Link thought, rolling his eyes. The massive clock tower overshadowed everything in the plaza, standing hundreds of feet tall. It was made completely of black stone, aside from the doors and an enormous wooden wheel near the top. The wheel's outside rim was tick-marked with twelve numbers. It carefully turned at a constant tempo, likely moved by the water within the tower. There was a white triangle at the top of the unmoving face, its tip announcing the current time to all. It was beautifully decorated. I bet you can read the time from anywhere in town, Link thought. A house-sized ball of stone sat at the very top, rotating with the wheel. A light shot out of it that likely wasn't as faint in the dark. Link bet it doubled as a lighthouse. Is there a body of water nearby? A ramp went around either side of the tower, going up only a few feet before leveling out to other sections of town. A second ramp branched off to circle back to the tower, leading to a platform just above the clock tower doors. A second set of doors was inaccessible on this upper platform, likely granting access to the lighthouse. In the clock tower's shadow was a marketplace, surrounded by equally impressive city walls. Though the tower was still much higher, the walls were no laughing matter either. They were fit for a fortress, and completely obscured the outside world. Stalls were open along the walls, surrounding a small wooden tower under construction in the center of the square. 
Carpenters hammered away at the wooden boards and planks, logs carried to and fro by the uniformed men. The leader shook his fists in the air angrily as he called out orders, hardly giving a second glance to the Deku scrub. Other than the jogging man, the carpenters, the purple-haired boy, and a shopkeeper at one of the stalls, the square was empty. The bustling crowd he'd expect in a place like this wasn't there. A large gate sat across from the clock tower on the city wall opposite them. A guard stood in front of it, clad in armor and wielding a spear. The gate appeared to go outside beyond the village's borders. Link stood there for quite some time, absorbing everything in the walled square wondrously. Ah, he gives me the creeps, the fairy eventually exclaimed. Apparently, instead of being dumbstruck by this secret flourishing town, all Tattle could think about was the odd man with the backpack of masks. That mask salesman was the... Link waited for her to continue, but she didn't. Ah, sorry, just thinking out loud, but three days? Even if we never sleep, that still leaves us with a measly 72 hours. Talk about demanding. I guess our first stop should be the Great Fairy. The Great Fairy? Link thought, scrunching his face. Look, you want to find the Skull Kid, don't you? The Great Fairy will know what he's up to. She watches over everything, and just between you and me, the Skull Kid is no match for her. We should go over to the shrine at the North Gate. That's usually where she is. Link nodded, incapable of contributing to the conversation otherwise. Well, come on, Tiku boy. This way. The fairy twinkled away from him, going up a ramp alongside the clock tower. Link turned to follow, but not before he noticed the boy with the fox mask again. The child couldn't be more suspicious, looking over his shoulder to make sure no one was watching as he bent over a nearby post box. He slipped a letter inside of the wooden slot. Then the boy sprinted down an alleyway and out of sight. Hey! Over here! Link turned back to Tattle, who seemed irritated with his childlike curiosity. Ah, <sighs> jeez, I swear, it's like you're a ten-year-old! Link took offense, but he couldn't say anything. Twelve, technically, even though I don't feel that young. Hylians tended to age faster than other races to begin with. Even then, he'd spent a good year traveling back and forth through time between the ages of 10 and 17, which had thrown off any sense of a true age. Now that he was trapped in an infant Deku scrub's body, he'd gone even further back in age. I bet I look ridiculous, Link thought. His long green hat came close to dragging along the ground. No one could take a child this young seriously. Behind the clock tower, they reached an open doorway in the city wall. They passed through it, transferring from the wooden ramp of South Clock Town to the dirt road of the northern section. The grass was lush and green, and another large gate with a guard led outside of the city's northern border. Children were running through the grass under the bright blue sky. It was a large field with the dirt road forking off to either the gate or another doorway in the city wall. <laughs> commented Link. Once again, little kid, I didn't understand a word you said, commented Tattle, hovering beside his head. But if it was something about all of these walls, I completely agree. 
the great walled city left his mind immediately when Link noticed something else in the sky. While the sun still blazed brilliantly, another orb hovered over the town, as dull and dark as the sun was bright. It was a massive hunk of rock that reminded Link of the moon, except it wasn't nearly as far away as the moon should be. While it was well up into the sky, it was obviously in the sky and not in the heavens. It appeared ten times larger than Clock Town in its entirety. The worst part, the part that made Link's legs almost give out in fear, was its eyes. The moon had a face. Its long mouth gritted its teeth as if angry or in deep concentration. It had a substantial nose as well, with a pair of mansion-sized eyes above them. And they were the eyes of the imp's mask. The large orange orbs penetrated through him, reading his every thought and rendering him defenseless. The face was frozen and immobile, as if carved into the rock, but he knew it was something far more sinister than that. The moon was thousands of feet above the town, its eyes staring and watching. Everything. Link let out a squeak of dismay. And Tattle heard it, following his gaze until she saw herself. That's not supposed to be there, said Tattle worriedly. Okay, quick, we, we need to go see the Great Fairy right away. The moon thing has the Skull Kid written all over it. Link took a minute to break his stare from the giant rock gazing directly at him. They ran through the field, stepping onto the grass and passing the kids playing tag. The children couldn't help but stop and look at the Deku Scrub and Fairy. Ha, cool! Look, it's those things from the woods. What are they doing here? The Scrub's just a little kid. What's that little ball beside him? It's flying. Uh, that can't be a fairy, can it? The great fairy looks so different. Let's go stop them! The four other kids nodded in agreement, running to cut off the Deku Scrub's path. Tattle continued onward for a moment before she noticed. The children had very intentionally boxed him in. The kids were rather small, each wearing a similar blue or red outfit. However, Link was currently the smallest adolescent of them all. The one in the red hat and red sleeve shirt stepped up, looking down at the Deku Scrub. You're new around here, aren't you? Link's only response was to stare back with angry eyes. He didn't dare speak, knowing that his voice would be way higher pitched than these five-year-olds. I'm just asking you a question. You don't have to be mean. Link charged at the kid, wailing his newfound squeaky battle cry. However, the kid in the red hat effortlessly threw him off. Link fell back into the middle of the crowd of blue hats. You're not so tough, exclaimed the kid happily. We were worried that- Get away from him! The kids turned around and suddenly a small glowing ball of light flew into their heads and faces. The kids attempted to bat it away at first, but it always quickly retaliated with another bombardment. Quick! Run away from the fairy! exclaimed the red-hatted leader, and they all followed suit. The little kids ran as far from Link as possible as the angry little fairy chased them off. Ugh! I hate those kids! Tattle exclaimed as Link got back to his feet. They don't think twice about anything they do, and where are their parents? Ugh, they're always 
running around on their own! Link turned away from the fairy, clearly embarrassed. I can't even chase off some kids, he thought. How am I supposed to stop the Skull Kid? It's okay, Tattle encouraged. It's not your fault. Let's move on to the Great Fairy. She's the best lead we have. Link accepted the pity pep talk for now. I don't know how much longer I can stay cursed like this, Link thought, even though the timeline was completely out of his control. They crossed the verdant field to approach a small cave on an obscure spot along the city wall. The entrance was overgrown with plant life and Tattle flew in without hesitating. Link followed, stepping into the stone floor darkness. The dark did not last for long. He turned a corner and saw light. A grand stone doorway led into a shallow pool of water. Pillars surrounded the fountain and the stone in the room was a bright white. Shimmers of sparkling light fell in the distance and surrounded the fountain. Link's pathway led directly into it. The water's beauty astounded him. It was the purest Link had ever laid eyes on. Oh no! The Great Fairy! exclaimed Tattle. Link had been so busy staring at the fountain's beauty to notice what was inside of it. There was no singular giant fairy, and instead a group of twenty or so smaller ones. They were golden, larger than Tattle, and grown beyond their balls of light. They flew aimlessly around the fountain, as if lost. Tattle flew closer to the chaotic fairies, and Link followed slowly from behind. He reached the edge of the water, tentatively putting a foot into it. It was warm and hardly came up to his ankles. The golden fairies immediately flew to join them, circling around them to create a tornado of light. Young one, exclaimed a collective feminine voice. Please, hear my plea. I have been broken and shattered to pieces by the masked Skull Kid. Please find the one stray fairy lost in town and bring her back to this fairy fountain. Then the fairies disbanded, returning to their small collective cloud. The great fairy, stammered Tattle again, still in shock. This is worse than I thought. The Skull Kid is stronger than he realizes. Link, we have to find that fairy. I will. And seriously, when will you figure out how to talk? I've met plenty of Deku scrubs in my life and all but one of them can speak decently. I can't You've been a Tiku scrub for almost an entire day now. You'd think you'd have the hang of it. Link exclaimed, heading madly towards the exit of the cave. Tattle looked back at the fountain of fairies before following. We'll be back, great fairy, she said. I promise. You haven't seen a little golden fairy? No. A skull kid running around with a mask. No. A horse. A blue ocarina. A purple fairy. No. Is that all you can say? No. Well, you're no help at all. I could give you a discount on some bottled red fairies. Bottled... Fairies? Gulped Tattle, floating beside the silent Deku scrub who was too short to see over the counter. 
Yes, bottled fairies, but no purple or golden ones, said the lanky teenage shopkeeper. His demeanor couldn't be more unenthusiastic, leaning against the counter on his elbow with his head in his hand. They were in one of the many indoor shops on the West Clock Town Strip. Tattle's gaze nervously fell over the bottles on the shelves in the back. They had fairies inside of them, struggling to get out with all their might. The shopkeeper leaned over the counter to look down at the adolescent Tiku scrub looking up at him. Is this your fairy? Link nodded. He wasn't about to give up his only ally. Well, I guess I can't bottle you, can I? Bottle me? exclaimed Tattle. Come on, Tiku Head! This guy's no help to anyone! <laughs> Link muttered under his breath, turning away from the counter and going to the shop's front door. His arms were too small to reach the doorknob, so he had to leap into the air and use his falling momentum to pull it. Ah! Freak! Tattle commented dryly once the door was closed behind them. Link sauntered into the middle of the elongated section of town. There had been a second doorway behind the clock tower that led to West Clock Town. Similar to the south and north areas, there was a large, guarded gate directly across the entrance. But this section of town branched off into a narrow passage surrounded on both sides by tall buildings. Link looked further down the alleyway which declined on a slope until it curved into a second entrance to South Clock Town. He walked that way, looking up at the signs in front of the shops as he went. His eyes caught the giant clock tower that was easily visible above the walls. 1.49 in the afternoon. Their precious time was ticking away, and the moon continued to stare forebodingly at them all. Link noticed something odd about it, and he waved for Tattle's attention and pointed. What? asked Tattle, looking at the frightening rock far above them. Yeah, I know. The moon grew a scary face while I was gone, and got a little bit bigger, but I can't tell you how it happened. Link shook his head and pointed at it again, squeaking. Don't. She cut off when she realized what she was trying to say. It didn't get bigger while I was gone, did it? It, it got closer. Tattle gulped, and Link agreed. The moon seemed even closer than it had when they first arrived. There was only a slight difference, so there was no way to tell for sure. But Link could feel the truth. Why is it getting closer? The fairy and Deku scrub stared at it for a moment longer, each overtaken by fear, until the fairy snapped out of it. No point in worrying over what we can't control, said Tattle. Come on, let's keep asking people about- Link interrupted her with a head shake. His stomach wouldn't allow them to keep going. Ah, I haven't eaten since right before that imp attacked me. Adrenaline had kept him going, but now that things were calming down, Hunger was undeniable. Link pointed to his stomach and rubbed it, and Tattle twinkled in understanding. Alright, I guess we better get this big strong man something to eat, she said sarcastically. Link didn't approve of her tone. Come on, we should go see what we can get in the market. It might be a good idea to stop by the hotel first, though, since we're going to be here for a while. You'll need a place to sleep. They followed the West Clock Town path until it curved back into South Clock Town. They were now directly in front of the clock tower again, which stood off to their left. 
Across from the construction site was a staircase that led up to what Link supposed was the next section of Clock Town. They traveled that way, making sure to remain clear of the central structure and the many workers buzzing around its foundations. He passed in front of the guarded gate leading outside of the village. The guard stood his ground in front of the opening, remaining tall, strong, and adorned with gleaming armor and a large spear. Link pointed to the gate and looked at the fairy. There? inquired Tattle. That's the way out of town. There are a few villages way out in the other lands, but it's actually pretty dangerous, especially for someone like you. The guard won't let anyone through that isn't an adult or has a weapon. I want a in! exclaimed Link in anger while gesturing with his arms. No, you don't! Skull Kid took that away from you, remember? Link stopped walking and looked up at her, confused. Did she just... What? she asked. Wait a minute! Did I understand what you said? I did! I figured it out! She bounced up and down excitedly. This is amazing! You said your first coherent sentence! <laughs> I'm getting used to this! Link commented, looking proud of himself. <sighs> and there you go ruining it. We're back to gibberish. Link shook his head and was about to speak again, but someone other than Tattle spoke. What are you doing? Link and Tattle turned around in shock. The man who'd spoken was tall and muscular, wearing a blue coat open to his bare, hardened chest. He had a white, bushy mustache, and looked like he could throw a Goron over those town walls with one hand. Link, obviously powerless to such a monster, stared frightfully up at him and made a small whimpering noise. Get out of here! You're getting in my workers' way! We've got a carnival to prepare for! Either walk through or stay clear, but don't stand around like you're brain dead. His voice was harsh and commanding, and Link didn't even bother to consider responding. He quickly turned away and walked to the staircase. Stupid animal, said the man under his breath, though just loud enough for Link to hear. Shame overpowered Link as he climbed up the staircase into the eastern district. He hung his head low as he walked. Tattle surprisingly seemed to notice. That guy's just a jerk, she said. Don't listen to him. None of this is your fault. I'm the one who... Uh... Tattle stammered for a second, quickly rewording her thought. The Skull Kid did this to you, and we can't find him on empty stomachs, can we? Wow, Link thought. Somehow, the fact that Tattle had been two words away from actually admitting to a mistake, or even worse, apologizing, cheered him up. It should be pretty easy to find food here in East Clock Town. Buildings covered every square inch of the town walls here. Link stepped out from behind the first one, which was shaped like a treasure chest. The square had a handful of people walking around, stopping by the many food and gift stalls. Large wooden poles stood in the middle, Decorative banners and flags strung in between them as if in a celebration of something. There was another large, guarded gate that broke the chain of stores and buildings off to the right, but directly across from it was the bar in the hotel. This appeared to be the main market. South Clock Town served as a smaller one, remaining a main entrance to the town and the showcase for the clock tower. North Clock Town held the grassy park district, and West Clock Town was a strip mall scattered with housing. East Clocktown must be its commercial hub, Link thought. He assumed he'd now seen all of the town, and he thought this section would probably attract the most visitors. 
the two wandered into the middle of the square. Link was slightly overwhelmed by all the buildings. The Stockpot Inn is over there! Come on! exclaimed Tattle. It was two stories, with the deck on the second story that held a big decorative bell. They passed over the beautiful square floor, going by what appeared to be two red-headed twin brothers, one in blue and one in red. Juggling toy balls back and forth happily, they spoke loudly to each other as they juggled, but Link only caught a little of what they said. Ho ho! ho. Keep people smiling! No matter how grim things get, we must! Ho ho! ho. Keep people smiling! No matter how grim things get, we must! Entertainers, explained Tattle, for the carnival. Carnival? Link questioned. Yep, every year we have a big... Whoa, that's our deadline, isn't it? Three days? Th that's when the carnival begins! Huh? Link asked, not following her rambling. Tattle sighed. <sighs> okay, don't tell me you've never heard about the carnival of time! The Deku scrub shook his head. The long end of his green hat almost scraped the floor. Tattle sighed again, more aggressively. <sighs> Everyone comes from all over the world! Where are you from, exactly? Link exclaimed. I- ooh? Sounds like a wonderful place, said Tattle. Try and tell me again once you get a little better at talking. Link gestured to the decorations to get her to say more about the carnival. Oh, right, the carnival! Well, every year we host the Carnival of Time, our biggest holiday. Tons of musical groups come in to perform, traders come with food, and everyone is supposed to wear a homemade mask. At midnight on the day of the carnival, the clock tower, you know, the giant thing in the center of the town? Please tell me you saw that on your way in. Link raised an eyebrow. The tower could be seen at that moment behind the hotel. Well, it opens up. The huge clock face points to the sky, and the staircase comes down and you can go up to the top! Pretty neat, huh? Link nodded, not quite understanding what this had to do with them. Tattle saw his confusion and explained, That's our deadline! The creepy man with the mask said three days, and assuming he gives us until 6am to make for exactly 72 hours, the masked salesman leaves six hours into the carnival! Usually, this place would be overrun by people by now. You'd have trouble not bumping into anyone no matter what section of town you were in. Just as Tattle said that, a young, lanky man practically trampled Link. He had a large red hat covering blonde hair and a white t-shirt above running shorts. An empty red bag hung over his shoulder. He managed to catch his balance ungracefully, twirling around until his back slammed into the hotel's front door, now covering the sign that read, Stockpot Inn, 8am to 8pm. The man in the red hat stood there for a moment, panting and staring at the fairy and scrub. Well, exclaimed Tattle after a moment's silence, are you going to say something? Uh, he stammered, looking back and forth quickly. Uh, sorry, I, uh, have a letter to deliver? It's the first in a while. Well, we're not stopping you. Go deliver it! Yelled Tattle angrily. The man in the red hat, who Link realized was a postman, stood there for a moment longer. Then he disappeared into the hotel. Jeez, some people are just complete idiots! She scoffed, turning back to Link. <sighs> Anyways, 
Before we were rudely interrupted, I was saying that the town is unusually empty, and it's kind of scaring me. Take the postman, for example. He said it was the first letter in a while, right? Well, that's not normal either. I'm telling you, this place is supposed to be the most chaotic this time of year. I wonder what's wrong. Tattle stopped, though, and when she slowly looked back up at the moon, there it was, staring, its menacing eyes threatening death to all. Come on, let's go inside, suggested Tattle, and Link opened the door with a short little leap. His feet stepped onto soft, green carpet. The rest of the floor was wood. The lobby was small and featured a wide front desk. At the end of the lobby was a staircase, and a hallway that wrapped around it. Oh, wait! The young postman stood in front of the desk. A young woman stood behind it who looked oddly familiar to Link. She had short, shoulder-length, dark red hair that came around her ears. She was slightly older than the postman, wearing a long blue dress that reached her ankles. I have no idea why she looks familiar, Link thought. And when he looked up at the postman beside her, he realized that he had the same hidden familiarity about him too. The postman was holding out a letter, offering it to her. She seemed either frightened or appalled by it. Oh, this letter, where did you- From the postbox, replied the postman bluntly. His eyes squinted confusingly. He looked back and forth between the letter and the lady, not understanding. Th that's not what I meant, she exclaimed. From the postbox where? Uh, the young man stammered nervously. From the postbox somewhere? That's not what I mean, she exclaimed again. Listen, I need to know where you got that letter from. I can't tell you. Why not? Because. And then the postman dropped the letter on her desk. He turned, walked around the Deku scrub and fairy, and then went out the front door, leaving the lady to stare at the letter. Link and Tattle stood there awkwardly for a moment, not sure what to do. The woman ignored them by picking up the letter and pulling back the envelope seal, slipping the folded piece of paper out delicately. She tried to unfold it with both hands while still holding onto the envelope, but she was shaking too much. The envelope fell from her fingers and swung back and forth on an invisible pendulum to the floor. Her hands moved further down the page as she read on, and then she looked up from it. She took one hand off to cover her mouth in shock. The innkeeper set it down on the table and closed her eyes, taking in a deep breath. <sighs> she seemed to only just then notice Link and Tattle. I'm sorry, she apologized, her voice slightly wary. She recomposed herself and tried to smile again. I'm sorry, she said again. It seems I've lost my place. Welcome to the Stockpot Inn. Can I have your name? Ink! answered the Deku scrub. Mr. Ink, repeated the woman behind the counter, as she scooted the letter across the desk and turned to a notebook. She seemed barely able to contain her reaction to the letter. I wonder what it says, Link thought, though it truly wasn't any of his business. We don't have a... began Tattle, but the lady interrupted her. You do have a reservation? That's good, I just found it here. The woman opened a drawer in her desk rummaged through the many keys within, and eventually brought one out and offered it to him. Mr. Ink, I have you down for an afternoon arrival. 
Your room is in our knife chamber on the second floor. Here is your key. Link turned to the fairy beside him in confusion. We have a reservation? He wondered. But Tattle was just as confused and offered no guidance. So Link merely shrugged and hopped up to grab the key. Please, relax, the woman added, immediately scooting the letter back over to scan its contents. Link and Tattle left the lobby, wandering toward the staircase with their new key. A reservation? asked Tattle. You were expecting to be stranded here, trapped in a new body, completely defenseless, and without a place to stay? Link shook his head. Nope, he thought. I have no idea what just happened. That's really weird. Who would make a reservation for us? She looked away from Link thoughtfully. Is that your name? Ink? Link shook his head again. So you took someone else's reservation? Link didn't nod immediately, but instead turned to the staircase, making his way up slowly with his tiny legs. That's just rude! She shouted at him, floating to his side as they made their way up. Link whispered angrily. Oh, yeah. He's or I ooze. I totally agree, she mocked. Link did not press the matter. That's way too lucky, he thought. What are the chances the mispronounced version of my name happened to be a name that already had a reservation? The staircase led out onto a long hallway running the whole length of the building. Directly across from the staircase was a door that read employees only, so Link and Tattle continued past it until they reached the second door on the right, the knife chamber. Sounds pleasant, commented Tattle. Link unlocked the door. Two beds, two bedstands, and a dresser were all pushed up against the left wall. They also had a table, an unlit fireplace, and windows on the opposite wall. Light poured in from the waning day. The room was extremely green thanks to the floor, wallpaper, and plants. Though it was brown too in the patches of bare wall where the wallpaper had been ripped and torn. At least the furniture's decent, he thought. Tattle was quick to enter the room and examine the plentiful holes in the walls. <sighs> what a ramshackle inn, commented Tattle. Is this room first class? You can hear whoever's next door for crying out loud. The Deku scrub ignored her, walking over to sit atop one of the two beds' soft, neatly fixed cover. Well, whatever, Tattle said. We're staying for free, so we can't expect much. Food? Link asked looking up at Tattle hopefully. Food, right. Tattle flew to hover right beside him. How many rupees do you have? <laughs> this is starting to get really aggravating. How are we supposed to work together if we can't even communicate? Link responded by turning both of his palms up and showing his empty hands. Tattle took a minute to understand. You don't have any money, seriously? Oh, Ed! Yeah, Skull Kid, I know. But we can't get you any food unless we can pay for it. I mean, why'd you say yes to going to check into the hotel if you knew you didn't have any money? It's not like you expected to accidentally say someone else's name and take their reservation. Link had no response. Tattle sighed and turned away from him. <sighs> You're hopeless! The first day's almost over! We have no food! We haven't seen any sign of the Skull Kid, your horse, the ocarina, or my brother! And we have no idea!
where the stray fairy is! Mm. Link exclaimed excitedly to Tattle. Ooh, e What are you, five now? I'm starting to think you're just saying nonsense to confuse me on purpose! Mm. Mm. You can stop it now, Link! But Tattle swore that some unpronounced syllable was hidden within the word. Wait! Are you saying... Tattle turned around and saw the Deku scrub peering into one of the dresser drawers. She flew over to look inside and saw a small, pinky-sized gem. It was a perfectly symmetrical hexagon and might have been a shinier silver long ago. You've got to be kidding me! A silver rupee? That's 200, right? Link nodded, happily scooping it out of the drawer and putting it in his purse. Of course, when he let it go, the rupee hit the floor instead. He looked down at where his purse would have been before picking the gem up. Human clothes are so much more convenient, he thought. Don't complain, Tattle said, reading his mind. You lucked out with a free room and leftover money. That's enough food for you while we're here. Come on, we can go out and finally get you something to eat. And after that, we still have plenty of daylight to find the stray fairy. Maybe things are going okay. Link thought. He hoped he wasn't prematurely celebrating their luck. Navi? The fairy didn't answer. She hovered in the light shining from the window at the top of the sanctuary. The sun's rays bounced off the spotless blade of the master sword, now lodged in its pedestal. Its work was done, and now it would rest until the next time a hero required its aid. Link stood in front of it, finally letting go of its handle. It was over. He was done traveling through time. But he didn't know what happened next. The Temple of Time's massive sanctuary was heavenly and ethereal. The many open windows on every side of the octangular room directed light to the raised platform in the center, to the sword. Otherwise, only sound echoed through the vast chamber. Navi... Link repeated. He stood sadly, worried that something was about to end forever. Are you leaving? She seemed as if she was. The white ball of light was several of feet away from Link, and she hardly ever strayed that far. Directly in the sun, she contemplated something. Link! She began. Yes? I... The Deku tree wanted me to help his child. You want us to go back to the forest? asked Link. Why is she doing this now? Link thought. Where did this come from? They'd hardly had time to celebrate their victory, and already she wanted to leave. No, she said. You don't need me anymore, Link. What do you mean? Link asked. He took a step forward so that he too was in the light. The Tiku Tree told me to help you realize your destiny. And you did that. You've done your duty as the hero of time. And now that it's over, my home is still the Kokiri Forest. And yours isn't anymore. You belong here, in Hyrule. And I... don't. That doesn't mean anything. We can still be together. Link blurted out. The words sounded stupid as soon as they left his mouth. Why am I acting like a child? He looked down shamefully as Navi flew a bit closer to them. I'm sorry, 
she apologized. Uncle Kiri, child, has a guardian fairy forever, because they're a kid forever. You're not a kid anymore, Link. You are no longer a kid the second you pulled the Master Sword from the pedestal. So I'll never see you again, Link asked. Navi only continued to float in place. You're going to become someone else's guardian, aren't you? Navi still didn't say anything. Can't we just have one more day to celebrate? That would make it harder for me to leave, explained Navi. This isn't easy, Link. I hope you know that. But it has to be done. You can't cling to your childhood anymore. Link put his head down again, at first unable to bring himself to watch Navi leave. He was shocked when she flew for the open window without another word. Link opened his mouth to try to stop her, but there was nothing he could think of to change her mind. She was right. He was not a child anymore. <sighs> but I don't want to be alone. Navi! He shouted. At first he didn't think Navi would stop, but she did. Link, at a loss for words at first, found them. Please don't forget me! Don't forget Hyrule! You'll come back, won't you? Navi didn't answer at first. I... promise. But it was an empty promise, and he knew it. Navi turned around and finished the journey, flying from the window and leaving the Hero of Time. Link stood next to the sword that had brought them together, powerless to stop her. You're weak! The moon's voice broke through the white stone walls. No! He replied. You're wrong! Do you really think you can beat me as I am now? Fool! The orange, horrible eyes shattered his dream. The eyes of the mask, the eyes of the moon! He screamed. <coughs> Link woke up still screaming. His human voice turned to a high-pitched Deku scrub wail. He lay on his bed in the knife chamber, with a nighttime sky pouring in through the windows. Tattle instantly became alert, her dim, half-asleep light immediately returning with full force. She leapt from her pillow and opened her wings. <coughs> Link exclaimed, trying to explain himself. He looked around and quickly realized it had just been a dream. Really? Tattle exclaimed angrily. She flew right in front of the Deku Scrub's face. How are you serious right now? Link tried to provide an explanation, but all that came out was gibberish. No, Tattle interrupted him quickly. No, stop it now! Link did, pausing as he allowed the fairy to speak. It was really hard for me to fall asleep. You know why? Because I was thinking about you and how useless you are to what I'm trying to do. Link blinked stupidly, taken back and confused. The Skull Kid has my brother, Tattle continued, and I've been following you around, hoping that you could help me find him. But you know what? You can't talk, you can't fight, you can't leave the city because you're a child! You have to eat every day and waste our money, and you have to take up several hours a day sleeping! I know that's not fair because only fairies don't have to eat or sleep every day, but... I've been clinging to you this entire time, and I'm not sure why, but I just realized that I don't have to. I know it's my fault that you're the way you are right now, but I can't fix that, and there's no way you're getting that mask back for the mask salesman. The Great Fairy is the only one that...
I could tell you that I'm leaving Clocktown. Uh, no! Link exclaimed, jumping off the bed and looking at her. Oh, ah! I can, Tattle replied. I'll be back, but right now, I have higher priorities than keeping you company. I know it's not your fault that you're useless, but like I said, I can't help it. I'll be back as soon as we can get the great fairy's help. She flew over to the door, but stopped before she went any further. I'm sorry I yelled all of that at you, but that's how I feel. I thought about it yesterday, and it just seems like the best way to get things done. You have over a hundred rupees left and a room for the entire week. You'll be fine, right? Link scrambled for a reply, but he eventually gave up and nodded. <sighs> She's right, Link thought. Thanks, Tattle said and then she flew underneath the door's crack and out of sight. Link stood by himself in the hotel room for a moment, wishing he'd wake up in his bed again. What did I just do? The Deku scrub ran over to the door, jumped as high as he could to open it, and then scurried down the staircase on his small legs. When he rounded the corner and was in the lobby again, Tattle was just disappearing under the front door. Link crossed the lobby and opened that door too, now outside in the night of East Clock Town. He exclaimed, as loudly as he could, and as articulately as he ever had. Tattle was already about to fly over the town wall into whatever laid beyond. She turned around at his voice. They stared at one another for a moment. The torches broke the silence as they crackled around the plaza. Tattle turned away without responding. She was gone. Link stood in the cold night by himself. The moon stared down at him from above, closer than ever. He thought he saw happiness in its eyes, as if it knew what had just happened. You're weak, the moon seemed to whisper. You're useless. Of course she left you. Why would anyone ever choose to be with you?